Welcome to The Sad Bastard. I'm your host, Dave Tarnowski. September is National Suicide Prevention Month. This week I'd like to do something a little different. Normally I base my episodes around single responses I receive in my um, What's On Your Mind prompt, my Instagram stories. But I receive at least a few every week, if not daily. Responses from people who want to end their lives. And so, this week's episode is dedicated to all of them. Every single person who has ever written in saying, suicide is on my mind, ending my life, I'm going to kill myself. I don't think that life is worth living anymore. All of these folks. And to everybody out there suffering in silence. I've been there many, many, many times in my 42 years. From as far back as my early teens all the way up to this year. And I am as certain as I am that the sun will rise tomorrow that I will have suicidal thoughts for the rest of my life. There are times when I'm even feeling pretty good and I'll be looking out the window of my fourth floor apartment and I'll think, is four enough? Or would I just get really hurt? And that's okay. It's okay to think these things. We are not bad for thinking them. They are absolutely natural thoughts and desires. I'm going to repeat that because this is important. Suicidal thoughts are absolutely natural thoughts and natural desires. You are not bad for wanting to end your suffering. You are a human being. And the human experience is not always a pleasant one. Life is hard. Being a person is a fucking nightmare. And this world we live in at this very moment is one of the worst fucking nightmares ever. If ever there were a year to lose all hope, 2020 is it. Now one thing I hate is when people call suicide the easy way out. There is nothing easy about someone deciding to end their life. To me, That way of thinking is made up out of fear by people who have had those thoughts themselves and were ashamed by them. Because their parents' generation and the generations before them treated suicide the same ways, much like they've treated mental illness. These were problems for other people, for weaker people. Just toughen up, cheer up, get over yourself. Conversations like this make a lot of people uncomfortable for various reasons. And they just want them to go away. So they mock them. They pretend they don't really exist. They don't want to have to think about them because they might have to acknowledge their own fears surrounding these subjects. And I want to have these uncomfortable conversations. Even more when I think about the taboo that surrounds them. I want to comfort the uncomfortable. 
the people who have been made uncomfortable by the discomfort of others, by parents who didn't want their children to go to therapy to get diagnosed and treated out of some sort of shame, some sort of personal failing, so the child suffers unnecessarily for their own fucking pride or whatever it is. And these parents likely could have used therapy and treatment themselves for years, but their parents wouldn't have approved. And what would the neighbors think? It's time to end this awful cycle of shame. It's time to face some hard fucking truths. It's time to admit that seeking help is not a weakness, but a strength. I know this may sound strange, but knowing that I could jump off the roof of my building right now or swallow a bunch of pills and end my suffering is a comfort. When there's an option to end the pain of being alive, it can seem so attractive sometimes. But it's in those moments that you need to remind yourself of something very, very important. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is not this thing that you can just get to. It's not a fucking destination. It's like chasing a beautiful butterfly and being upset when you can never grab it, when instead you could just simply delight in its beauty while it's there. I know that's not nearly as fun, but even if you did manage to catch it, how much longer would it be until you needed to catch another one to feel that same happiness? We are always told that happiness is the most important thing, but happiness, it disappears. Happiness is a high. And to base your life on chasing a high that is impossible to maintain will only make you feel like a failure, a disappointment. If you could hold on to happiness, would anyone need drugs or alcohol to cope? Would anyone need to escape from life if it were better than any fantasy you could possibly think of? But just as happiness doesn't last forever, suffering does give us brief respites. You just need to look for them. And you don't need to look very far. They're all around you, and they're inside you. Memories, especially memories of happy times, they can be especially torturous if you compare them to the current state you're in when you're feeling hopeless. When you feel like you will never make your way out of the darkness. It's easy for good memories to cause you pain instead of pleasure when you tell yourself that they could be replicated if only you had a chance. Take a breakup, for instance. One of the most triggering events for suicide that there is. Breakups typically don't happen when things are good in a relationship. But they also don't mean that the entire relationship was a failure. Things happen, people change often in opposite directions. And when you mourn the loss of a partner, Often you aren't mourning the loss of the person they are now, but rather the person they were when you fell in love with them, or when things were still good. We idealize people. We freeze them in time, a beautiful crystalline version that will always be delightful. But if happiness is fleeting for you, the same applies to them. Everyone changes. 
Time moves forward and life happens. And the people we knew are gone, replaced by different versions of themselves. But the version of them you loved, the version of them that loved you, they are still inside you. Of course, it's almost impossible to comprehend when the wound is fresh, when grief has you in its terrible grip and it feels like it will never let you go. All you can do is think about how you fucked up, how you weren't good enough, how something was wrong with you. But with time and space, the truth reveals itself to you. And if you kill yourself to avoid the pain, you are killing any chance to be happy with anyone else or, and this is the hardest thing, with yourself. If you make your life all about the person you're with, when they're gone, what do you have left? This is why it's so important to sit with yourself. Sit with your discomfort. Don't run from it. Make peace with it. Because it will always be there. And in a way, it is your friend. It is there to protect you. And often from yourself. If we spent half the time focusing on finding our own happiness that we did on ensuring others were happy and deriving our meaning from that, we'd be much better prepared to be alone with ourselves, especially during the darkest of times. Not all of us are the same. We each have different lives, different circumstances, different reasons to consider ending it all. But one thing we all have in common is we are alive. And as long as you're alive, there is hope. Nothing lasts forever except death. That we know of, of course, and I hope reincarnation is real. I do believe that the energy within us, the essence that some call souls or spirits, does go on forever. I prefer to think of it as energy which can neither be created nor destroyed, as anyone knows who's taken basic science. But that's not the kind of hope that I'm talking about here. Hope isn't always this huge thing that will motivate you. Much like happiness doesn't always stick around in the fairy tale happily ever after form. But it's always there. Waking up and facing another day even if, say, depression keeps you from doing anything but lay in bed and merely exist, is a form of hope. It's a hope that maybe the next day will be better. And if it isn't, well, you're alive for another day, another opportunity for it to be better. Another opportunity for you to turn the desire for it to be better into an action that will make it better. And if it doesn't happen again the next day, hold on to that little speck of hope for the next one. As long as you stick around, there will always be a next one. And when you're ready, even if it's the slightest of efforts, that speck of hope will meet another speck just lying around and they'll band together to form a bigger speck. And then more will join until that speck is a grain of hope. This is how planets form. This is how the planet you are on right now got its start. Accretion, 
It wasn't just there, it took time to grow, to add more grains to itself until it got bigger and bigger. And sure, other bigger things came along and slammed into it, and bad days returned, uncertain days. Would it get back to its former self? Would it one day be strong on its own? Well, it's here, right? I mean, sure, we're fucking it up. We've been fucking it up for years. It'll have to deal with the trauma we've inflicted on it, just like we all have to deal with the trauma the other bigger things in our life that slammed into us created. And just like those specks of dust and dirt and debris created this planet, your specks of hope are not alone. You are not fighting a battle that no one else has ever fought before. And there are a lot of people out there, often people who are fighting these same battles as you, who are there to help you through yours. All you have to do is reach out. Therapists, guidance counselors, friends, family, support groups, support hotlines, random people on the internet. Some guy who runs meme pages and decided to become a mental health advocate and help people feel less alone. These people are out there. I came to this because I knew something wasn't right with me. I've been isolating myself for years. I don't have many friends, certainly none I've made in recent years other than those that I've met online. But I'm grateful I have all of them. And I have them only because I reached out where they reached out and I reached back. And I wanted to reach out more. I needed to. So since I had a fairly large platform, which I had built with my creativity and my humor, something that had been a defense mechanism for years, but which has turned into a skill that I'm very proud of, one speck of hope at a time, I decided to expose myself. Well, not that way. Okay, sometimes that way. I decided to be vulnerable and start talking about how I felt through my silly memes. And then one day I stepped out from behind them and I said, Hi, I'm Dave, and I'm a fucking mess. How are you? And then others came forward and started to admit things about themselves, often things that they felt they weren't able to tell anyone else and oftentimes that they felt like killing themselves. There was a moment that happened over the winter, a few months after I started doing the Q&A thing that I do on Instagram. I'd been afraid to respond to people who were writing in who wanted to talk about suicide. I wasn't afraid of talking about it because it made me uncomfortable. It was because and anyone listening to this who uses Instagram knows this. Their terms of service are an absolute fucking mystery. Quite possibly even to them. I mean, for instance, someone had once written, I hate men. And when I replied to the post, it was flagged for hate speech. As if men are a protected group. Wait, never mind. I forgot they're the most fragile. I'm joking. Well, semi-joking. The fragile men I'm talking about 
aren't the ones interested in getting better. Quite often, they are the ones who make it worse for those seeking help. They're the ones who will say things like, Stop being a pussy. Or taunt, Aw, are you going to cry? Are you going to go kill yourself? Those men, as mean as they are, are likely more in need of help than those they abuse. But I digress. Over the winter, I finally decided to start discussing suicide, frankly. Someone wrote in and said they were thinking about ending their life, and I responded by telling them that I'd considered doing that many, many, many times myself, including recently. Certain people close to me, well, blood-related, not close, who I won't name because they're highly sensitive about being criticized, started criticizing me for posting that. It was a version of, what would the neighbors think? He shouldn't post that, they told other people I also won't name, who came to me concerned about it. Not so much concerned about me, but concerned about how it would reflect on other people around me. And what if someone at your job saw this? Was another thing several of them said. Again, worrying what others would think. Intimating I should stay quiet. Well, you know what? I just started getting louder. Fuck them. In a way, I'm glad they reacted the way they did. And I'm sure if it happened to me, there are a lot of other people out there that similar things have also happened to. I know for a fact I've talked to many of them over the past year. All we want is to be seen, and all these other people want is for us to remain hidden. Fuck that. Hi, my name is Dave, and I've wanted to kill myself many times over many years. I don't currently want to, but I'm sure I will again. And you know what? I will talk about it. I will be vulnerable. I will not be afraid of how it will reflect on anyone else. This is my life to live just as it is my life to end if I ever choose to. And that is what I meant when I said the thought is comforting. I know I can do it if I wanted to. And that knowledge, in a weird way, pushes the actual desire further away. Not long after that, I reached out to a doctor for a diagnosis. As I've discussed and will discuss freely and often, I am bipolar. I suffer from depression, anxiety, panic attacks, mood swings, I abuse substances, I'm a sex addict, but above all, I'm a human being. Being bipolar doesn't make me less than anyone else. In fact, because I was vulnerable enough to admit something was wrong with me and brave enough to seek help, I consider myself to be far better than the person I was before I did all of that. And you know what? I most certainly consider myself a better person than those who would rather I not talked about this. I have grown through my vulnerability. Being vulnerable is not a weakness. And as a result, I feel more happiness than I used to. I feel better about myself. I accept myself more. I understand myself more. And I'm taking care of myself more. 
take medicine every day to manage the symptoms of my condition. I routinely follow up with my med management doctor to discuss how things are going with my treatment. I talk to my therapist weekly and we discuss everything I'm going through in order to help me be a better version of myself. And the more I do all these things, the more I want to live to see another day. But even with all of that, even with all of those things that I do to better myself, I still and will always have my dark days. I will still feel the urge to end it all when it feels like I've had all the happiness I ever will and things will never get better. And I accept that too. I can't fight it, that only makes things harder. I need to live with the darkness. I need to take care of it. It's a part of me, I need to hold it with compassion. So I hug myself, I embrace all of my parts, all of my flaws, all of the things beyond my control. I wouldn't be me without every single one of them. And I love me, which is way better than the alternative. I'm the only me I've got. But I've also got you, and you, and you, and you, and you. And you've got me, and you've got you. You are not alone. You are not alone. Your feelings are valid. Wanting to harm yourself does not make you a bad person. It's not only okay to cry, it's fucking amazing. Crying is the orgasm of the emotional core, and who doesn't love orgasms? It's okay to feel exactly how you feel. To feel how you need to feel. But please, don't feel like no one will understand you. Don't feel like no one will care. Don't listen to the lies you tell yourself. And if you do that enough, you'll stop telling them as much. But one thing you should never stop is living. True, we are all going to die at some point, but there's a whole lot of living that can be done before then. And consider this. Even if the only reason you stay alive is to open up to someone and allow yourself to be vulnerable, you might just inspire that person to be vulnerable. And they, in turn, might inspire yet another person to be vulnerable, and so on and so forth. And if we do that shit enough, being vulnerable won't be a thing people will be afraid of anymore and life will be worth living so much more. Trust me, I've done it. Thank you for listening. I know this was a tough one, but it was a necessary one. I'll be back next week. Until then, please remember, subscribe to this podcast, rate, review, and especially share this episode with anyone in your life who can use it. And we all have at least one person in our lives who could use this. Also, please follow me on Instagram, Nick Cave and the Bad Memes, Sad Peaks, 
Don Trooper, my new one, Mimi Bridgers, and the Sad Bastard Pod, which is a dedicated uh, page for, for this podcast. When the fuck do I have time to sleep? Jesus. And on Nick Haven, the Bad Memes and Sad Peaks, I do the daily Q&As. So stop in there. Look at the little sticker that says what's on your mind and tell me. And I might use it for a future episode. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. Love yourselves. It's going to be okay. Me and